0: Hello and welcome to the podcast at the FilmYap. I know it's been a great long while since we did one of these, but I am pleased to be back again here with our old friend Ed Johnson out of Nuvo.
1: Afternoon, Chris.
0: And this seems like a good time to talk about the Oscars because they're coming up here in just a day or two, depending on when you're listening to this. And I don't know, what's your what's your overall take on the Oscar nominees this year? I mean, is was there anything that was egregiously not nominated? Is there stuff that's nominated that you think that doesn't deserve it?
1: I think that um, a lot of good movies are no great ones.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting year. I think in my Oscar preview piece what I said was it's a big year for small movies. Um, of the nine films nominated for Best Picture there's only two that were really big box office hits. That's Dunkirk and Get Out. And the rest are you know, pretty much smaller independent films. You know, even you've, you've got some films like, uh, you know, *Phantom Thread* that, you know, it's, I think it's only made like ten or twelve million dollars at the box office. Probably hasn't even recruited its production cost. So, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen *Blade Runner* get a best picture nomination, but I understand that, like, I'm higher on that movie than most people are.
1: Yeah, and I would. I wish *Get Out* was out. Um, Really? See, I've heard hardly anyone else say
0: that because I agree with that. I mean, I liked Get Out, but I don't think it's the the film for our ages, the no. cultural zeitgeist that has been played out to be.
1: Yeah, uh, um, it's fashion right now. You know, and... Uh, I, I, I like the comedy team, you know, he was from. It was great. With his partner, uh, Key, uh, 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 Peel and Key. Yeah, uh, Key, and Key uh, uh, has been more, popping up everywhere for quite a while, so it was it was great seeing the other guy, you know, up there being prominent. But um, that movie's not as good as it sounds. You know, uh, it's bumpy in uh not like he meticulously figured out that path, like he didn't know how to write it, which you know makes sense, uh, but. Best Picture, is it. it's just ludicrous. Yeah, well, I'm actually reading stuff,
0: you know, it had been kind of presumed that Shape of Water was the front frontrunner, um, but now I'm reading the stuff that says Three Billboards has been making a late charge, and I hear, but, I'm, but I'm hearing a lot of people saying they think Get Out could sneak in and be the winner, which, I mean, I'm not opposed to the movie. I kind of feel about it the same way I do about Black Panther, which is, you know, people are just sort of embracing, I think people are reading into the movie what they want to read, you know, because of our political times and things like that, I think people are are seeing stuff that's, you know, maybe there to some extent, but they're they're blowing it up bigger than it is.
1: Yeah, well we had back with Brokeback Mountain, um, that was the first time I at least I, I saw the phenomena where people come to a movie and they're so looking forward to it and they're so hyped about the politics of it. That they love it before they even see it, right? Just and seeing the movie is simply verification.
0: Yeah, I think I think people have approached those uh, both those movies, Get Out, and uh, uh, the same way. I think they were determined to like it before they saw it, and they were also determined. Some people were determined not to like it before they saw it. Um, I hate to say it, I think a lot of people did. I hate to say it, I think a lot of Critics do that. They go to see movies mm-hmm. determined to uh to not like a movie.
1: You can follow the arc on Rotten Tomatoes of various films. You know, uh especially the little ones that print all the reviews early. And you can see the politics or uh or sociology, what whatever whatever shows up in people's head, you know, uh, like, Get Out got on the trajectory. It, it's a good movie, you know, um, but raggedy. And um, people got to where, oh, cool, Best Picture. I mean, after all the things where, where people were left out because of the color of their skin, this is actually nominated for Best Picture. And, you know, there, it's not probably not going to win, but it's still people are delighted about that. Next year, I think there will be less, or just a little bit less of films that are helping the movement because people will be tired of being progressive and go for some old fashioned type film. Oh,
0: that's interesting. I'm trying to think of, you know, big snubs. It's hard to say anything was really a huge snub. I mean, the best supporting actor category is always hugely busy. Uh-huh. You know, as I put, you know, I could have easily found 15 guys um, that I would have liked to have seen nominated. Um, like, you know, everyone was talking about Michael Stuhlbarg was not, not nominated for Call Me by Your Name, and that was a tragedy. I was fine with that because, I mean, it. He's totally... The father in that movie is just totally a background character. Yeah. He's just sort of there. You know, he says a couple things. He maybe helps nudge the plot this way and that, which is what most background characters usually do. And then he gets that one nice speech right at the end. Which comes... It's a nice speech, but it, just, it comes completely out of the blue. Um, and it has, you know it sort of lands and then it goes away. And I don't like movies like that where... Someone basically, you know, is nominated on the basis of a single scene or a single speech. I would have loved to see Michael Stuhlbarg nominated for Shape of Order. In fact, I probably would have liked to have seen about half the male cast. I'd like okay. to see Michael Shan. I would like to see Doug Jones. And I would have liked to have seen Michael Stuhlbarg nominated for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know what would be a great band name? Oscar Moment. Yeah. You know, that would be it. Be that'd be a good. We should we should form a band. Yeah,
0: th- there are times, unfortunately, where you see a movie where it's obviously hopefully to, to get Oscar nominations. And, you know, it has the Oscar scene where it's like this scene was put in here specifically to get like this actor a nomination. Uh-huh. And we know when we were writing it and when we were shooting it, that this will be the scene that's played in the Oscar clip during the telecast.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I'm... I'm happy to see diversity, more diversity in the nominees this year, not just racial diversity, some gender diversity. I really like seeing Greta Gerwig um, getting, you know, director and screenplay nominations. In fact, I, she's my favorite to win director and original screenplay, although I don't think she's going to win either one. But another area of diversity I've not heard a lot of people talk about is comedy. There are a lot of comedy films nominated this year, and I'm really happy about
1: that. Yeah, that's great, and you know, what was it, Um, Woody Allen, was it Annie Hall, The one Best Picture? Yeah. And that's pretty much been the last... um, 40 years. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, it it seems like they want to make a statement, and they don't feel like they're making a statement, except quality. Comedies.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I would I would call Lady Bird a comedy, at least, you know, a hybrid. Yeah. Um, you know, I would even, you know, obviously The Big Sick, I think Get Out, obviously, has a lot of comedic elements. Um, I would even argue that Three Billboards has a lot of comedy in it. Wow. Um, so I'm happy about that. Good. Good. Um, I am hoping... Uh, Blade Runner, one, the one award I'm really hoping will win will be uh, that Blade Runner wins the Cinematography Award, because yeah. even if you're not enthusiastic about that movie as a whole, to me, I don't think there's any argument that it's the most visually stunning film of the year. And Roger Deakins, we're having a bit of a, no, they're not coming to arrest us, that's just a passing fire fire truck. Um, Roger Deakins, I think, has been nominated 14 times without a win. And obviously he's just a legend in Hollywood, and you know he's up there in age. So I don't, you know, if if he doesn't win now, that may be, you know, uh, I'm hoping he wins, but yeah. we'll see.
1: Yeah, uh, it's weird this this uh, this season. I forgot the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I started looking about what I was going to write this this coming issue, and oh, the Oscars. The Oscars are Sunday, and we were already past our print deadline for me to write a word. Yeah. So, I think this this next week I'm going to do a column of reactions to the Oscars. That's always
0: good. I try and do something like that myself just because to see what... I mean, I figure there's going to be some surprises. Um, Like, all four acting categories seem to be locked up, Uh and given the chances... That they all seem, you know, the, the the person who is, you know, is favored to win has pretty much run the table on the preliminary awards, you know, the SAG awards, the Golden Globes, and so forth. So, but still, just the law of averages would seem to say that you're not going to go four for four. So I think we'll see at least, you know, like remember when Mark Rylance won, uh, you know, and everyone thought Mark Ruffalo was going to uh-huh. win. And I think there's going to be at least one Mark Rylance just sort of totally out of the blue. Where did that come from, surprise, for the acting categories? But yeah. do you know which one? I don't think it's going to be... Uh, Laurie, I don't think it's going to be Laurie... I think Laurie... Uh, Lori Metcalf. I think it's going to be um, Francis McDormand and Gary Oldman, the main categories. I'd love to see for, uh, Laurie or... <coughs> Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. That would be one I would love to win. But, you know, Allison and Janney is pretty much, you know, just... A complete streak in winning that, which here's my reason on that. She's great in it. She is terrific. But here's the thing as written. It's a one dimensional character. She never changes. And she's a broad comedic role. She's, you know, I mean, she's basically the, the comic relief in that movie, you know, when she comes in, she has her little cigarette and her has a couple of hateful one-liners and then she exits and she has no effect on the proceedings uh-huh. until it's the time for her next scene. You know, and okay, we'll go 12 or 15 minutes and we'll get another one of those and then she's back again. And it's the same... she That character functions the same role in every scene. Um, versus Lori Metcalf, I mean, when we first start watching Lady Bird, you have that same reaction to the mother character. is very negative, it's visceral, you're just like, oh, why is she... So down on our main character, and we dislike her, and then just as the movie goes on, you know, through the writing and through the performance, she takes on shading, she takes on colors, you know, and we not only find out more about her, we start to come to identify with that mother. And if they could have done that with the character in Itania, I might be leaning more that way. But to me, it's it's not even a contest.
1: With Laurie Metcalf, um, one thing she's got going for her is her appearance in Horace and Pete, um, Louis C.K.'s film. Uh, The the reason I say that about Laurie Madcap is because, first off, she did a 14-minute-long soliloquy in one cut that was amazing, just amazing. Even when you had the moment of, well, this was written just for her to have this part, it doesn't matter because she's so good, she blows past all of that. You know, and another plus is that the, the the Academy also likes to show how smart and rebellious they are. This would be picking the outstanding member of this cast uh, by the now wretched Louis C.K. and rewarding, rewarding the, picture, the, the actor, even though the film is tainted. I think I think there's a chance that's going to happen. Be the surprise of the night.
0: Yeah, I think if there's if there's a surprise in the acting, it would probably actually be Sam Rockwell not winning for Three Billboards, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, personally I would pick either Woody Harrelson also from Three Billboards and Willem Dafoe. Um, I was really happy when Woody Harrelson got nominated because he had been nowhere on the radar. None of the preliminary yeah. awards even nominated nothing. Um, so, and I thought he was the really, you know, if Francis francis mcdormand is the heart of that movie then woody harrelson is the soul of that movie uh-huh. um so i was really happy that so if he won that'd be great but I don't, or willem Dafoe, i think maybe is the stalking horse there i think you could maybe see if i think if you're going to see an upset it would be willem Dafoe winning over sam rockwell in that category plus there's also been this backlash against three billboards building have you
1: you heard about this I no, I, I knew that there was a uh, there was something stirring about the film, but I didn't know what it was.
0: Yeah, which you know, like one of my you know, I like the film. One of my few criticisms of it is that you know the cop characters are like okay, every single cop at at the police department is just like a redneck racist, every single one. And okay, I mean, I realize if you're a, a British guy writing, you know, a movie about British people making a movie about the Deep South, even in 2018, that's what you think it is. So I thought it was just, okay, okay, these characters are a little stereotypical. That I, That's what I thought it was. No, it's the fact that Woody Harrelson's, or Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell's character, you know, is a nasty, virulent racist, and he's allowed a measure of redemption at the end of the film. Um, to me, I mean, the character is not redeemed, but he starts to take a step or two down a path of redemption. Apparently, people, uh, w- w- which is just flabbergasting to me, I mean, if you see somebody espousing horrible views, wouldn't it be a positive thing to see that character start to walk away from that path, yeah. and maybe take a more positive path? But no, the, the, the fact that, well, you know, he's racist, so he's irredeemable, and we hate the fact that he's, he's partially redeemed, and I, I can't grasp the logic of that at all.
1: I see exactly what you're saying. Um. Any any other films where you see someone uh, including the director that's kind of would be co- coming out of nowhere? Yeah. Um, so getting down into kind of uh, the screenplays, uh,
0: I was not happy with the a- adapted screenplay. Um, but you know, I usually you know I do my thing where I cross out nominees and replace them the ones that I think were, were worthy or. I would have crossed out every single one in that, but I could only find three that I thought were distinctly. All, all, the, all the heat and the action seems to be in the um, original screenplay. And I think, I think get out is gonna win that one just because the Academy lo- loves to use the screenplay categories to reward fresh young new yeah. faces. And I think that's where Jordan Peele is going to make his mark because he's not going to win Best Director. Um, you know, Guillermo del Toro is kind of getting a you know career award for it this year, um, so I don't think he's going to win. So I think he's going to win that. Plus, the film you know made a huge amount of money and was a real cultural touchstone for a lot of people. So I don't have a problem with that. Um, particularly, I would like to see, I would love to see Greta Gerwig win that screenplay category, but I don't think she's going to. You know?
1: No, we're, we're still busy making statements about race we're not yet we haven't gotten around to where we're actually making judgments according to maturity and talent you know it's it's a shame but uh everyone's still they're on a they're on a couple of different bandwagons this year and boy we are gonna hear references you know we should keep track tally up the number of references to um to the whole Women's movement or a resurgence in the women women's movement. The Me Too, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be all over this show.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem. You know, in general, I'm, I don't like a lot of politics in my, in my Oscar ceremony, but I, I realize it's just sort of inevitable this year, and I'm fine with that. You know, to a certain extent, if like every single person, you know, if the person getting up to make the speech about best sound mixing is all, you know, about Me Too, and I'm like, okay, let's, let's just lay that aside. Let's let the people who should have their voices heard let their voices heard and not everyone try to just bandwagon it
1: yeah and i i mean i would love to see a host come out um and and say ladies and gentlemen here's what we're doing we have jettisoned all the goofy little skits there won't be a scene of me sitting on some on the armrest next to one of the nominated characters and doing shit we're going to take all that time we would have used for bits that would not have, would not have entertained you, and give and add that as extra for the actors. Get, you know, it's their awards. Give them time to ramble. Yeah. You know? Um, I am picking Faces
0: Places to win Best Documentary. I know that'll please you because I believe that was your favorite uh-huh. film of the year. Yeah, it was. And you know why? I may be wrong. You know, and I I point out in my predictions. I may I formulated my predictions last week, so I did them before I had read anybody else's. Right. So I'm I'm flying without a net. So I may you know I may not do so well this year, but I think Faces Places will win because um, it is the extraordinarily rare documentary nominee that is happy it's a happy movie a positive movie up with people it's about people going around the countryside getting to know people taking their pictures getting to know each other and it's you know when's the last time that we have a happy documentary film win um so i think it's going to
1: and it has it, it has art that looks like art not like something was that was designed for a movie and that's awfully refreshing is there any other categories that you're
0: particularly happy about? I I, I will go into bragging mode, because I took the time to do it, to say that I did see all the Oscar-nominated films, everything, all the foreign language, all the shorts, the documentary shorts. Um, actually, the the believe it or not, the last film that I saw to catch up was Roman J. Israel, Esquire, because I had not caught that during when it came out, because it just seemed deadly. Uh, and I struggled to get through it. I really, I mean, I, I had to turn it off and go away uh, several times and come back to it to finish it. Did you ever see that?
1: I've done that before. Um, I didn't see that that one. Yeah, see, I mean,
0: it, it, it's, to me, it's all, all along with Phantom Thread. It's so not in the conversation of winning that why did they nominate it? I mean, I hate to say it, it was like, it's because it's Denzel Washington and Daniel Day-Lewis and they're icons and they've won several times before and it's just like, well, let's pick them because they're in a movie, so, it, it, you know, I would say people people say that about Meryl Streep, but I think in those cases, I've never seen a Meryl Streep performance where she was nominated where it's like she didn't really deserve to be nominated. To me, she she brings it every time and she's got the role. I just don't think they had the role this time either. One of those movies. I I know uh, a lot of people are really high on Phantom Thread. I think it's I think it's a film that's destined to be forgotten. Yeah. Um, because it's it's fared so poorly at the box office. People aren't connecting with it. And I, you know, I'm saying this right now. Daniel Day-Lewis is going to unretire from retirement because he doesn't want to go out with that as his last role.
1: It makes sense, and just I, I would like to see a new rule, possibly the, the Lincoln rule, where if you've been around uh, forever and you've won your your share of awards, you get deemed young young Abraham at the spelling bee. Yeah. Where, you know, you've gotten enough force, we'll will give you a Hall of Fame tra- uh, statue, and then you have to step aside and let the young kids come in. Yeah. Would, you know, uh, it would be a great gesture. You could actually pull it off. And what prestige would there be that you're not, not nominating yourself or doing the campaigns because you do want to give other people a chance?
0: All right. Well, I think that's about it for our uh, our Oscar podcast. Is there anything else you want to add? You know, a film that you just really want to advocate for, whether it didn't
1: get nominated or didn't get enough nominees, nominations? There, not this year. Not this, and it's that's more because I had some things that kept me away from the theater. And during that period of time and then catching up later, I, I didn't see much that really grabbed me. Mm.
0: Alright, well, make sure to tune into the Oscars, and if you feel like it, uh, the FilmYap crew will be live blogging it, so either just follow our Twitter handle, where it'll be on there, and you can follow us on Twitter, or actually go to the site, and I'll be compiling all the tweets of the different FilmYap crew team um, into a single article there. So, until then, enjoy the Oscars. I'm Christopher Lloyd with the FilmYap. I'm Ed Johnson out with Nouveau News Weekly. And we'll try and make it not quite so long to our next time. Ed and I have a joint New Year's resolution to try and do more podcasts together, so yes. we'll see if you if you can hold us to it. Bye-bye.